What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. He's back with me after weeks and weeks apart. Mark Francis. Weeks. How are you? I'm good, dude. It's, it's wonderful to see your face. Haven't seen you. And so now I can officially say congratulations. Thank you very much. God's and been doing big things in my life. That's good. So I'm, I'm excited to share it with you. Um, you know, how you been? Lovely weather outside. It's warm now, guys. Spring is almost sprung. Sure beats getting married in the snow. Married in the freezing cold, vacation in Hawaii. <laughs> we, we covered the temperature grid. Uh, but yeah, it was... Just think, if you would have waited a couple of weeks to get married, you... Could have saved all that money, not even have to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, you've heard him already. He's back, senior pastor Mark Carey. Mark, how you doing, man? Very well, thanks. Good, yep. good. Thanks for being here. Uh, we had an awesome time with the pastor this morning, talking about some Roman stuff, and we've been going through the nitty gritty on on the weekends in in the Sunday. So I want to go ahead and jump us into a Sunday in review, uh, talking through Romans, Romans ten specifically. Mark Francis, I'll come your way first. Let's yeah. talk about it. You know, we're looking at this package of Romans 10, 11, 12, and here we're smack dab in the middle of it. Yeah. And, you know, for me, the passage still is, you know, Mark, you said it. I mean, it's challenging trying to dig through it and un- figure out what is really happening here in the text. But there's a couple of key phrases that really stood out to me, uh, and and it was relevant because sometimes Paul's writing can be very difficult, where he argues with himself and he debates, and <laughs> what is, where is he going? But when you look at verse 14, you know, how then will they call on him who have not believed? And how will they believe in him who have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are sent? There's this cool progression that, to me, I appreciate. And, you know, I, I'm thinking of speaking today, and not just in terms of somebody who works here at church and does these podcasts, mm-hmm. but I also have another life and a career in the business world. Mm-hmm. And that spoke to me. Uh, you know, I do real estate and for, for me, explain to somebody how to sell a house. I'm like, if you want to sell your house, you need a contract. If you need a contract, you got to get offers. If you need offers, you need people to see your house. In order for people to see your house, it's got to look amazing on the internet and that's where I help. <laughs> so that that is a logical train of thought right. that mm-hmm. makes sense to me. And I'll, I love I'll, it. Unless unless you're selling selling swamp land somewhere. Exactly. Like yeah, it doesn't no work pictures. that way. But you know, <laughs> so just that that line of thinking mm-hmm. resonated with me. And then to the, see that get put into action with Joel and Rachel McManigal on the stage and their family. And these are people who we obviously they're family members here. We know them. And for them to say, yes, we're gonna go get sent. We're gonna be those people who are in that category of, you know, how would they hear without a preacher? And how would they preach unless they're sent? And that sending um, is really cool to see that happen in that moment with the context of this passage. And uh, I appreciated that. Yeah. Well, especially with the journey, I mean, the McManigals have been on just the planning and the execution of this trip to finally be able to go. There's just such a like, you know, the, the glory of God is just there because we get to celebrate that and, and cherish it. And even as far as the pastor is concerned, I, I've, I've loved the, I mean, Old Testament's riddled throughout this thing. You know, he's building his argument. He's explaining the, these old texts that, that the immediate context would, would understand and appreciate as, as he kind of lays out this argument. And so it, it, it's cool to see Paul do that for the church in Rome. And similarly, you know, Pastor Mark's doing this for us over the weeks. And, and I can't even imagine, I mean, discussing this passage is difficult anyway. Breaking it up for one day a week over the course of months, I, I can't imagine how challenging that must be. So was there anything this week, Pastor Mark, that 
you feel like you'd love to elaborate on, you want to save for another time. What, what was it like to wrestle through this passage in preparation? And, and did anybody reach out to you or give any feedback um, after this weekend that maybe is worth sharing? Well, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, a, a simple concept, uh, mm-hmm. really, when it talks about uh, how beautiful are the feet yep. of, uh, of those who bring good news of, of good things. The context um, back in Isaiah 52, and I was looking at some old notes, uh, sermon notes of when I was preaching Isaiah 52, mm-hmm. and, and uh, mm-hmm. in fact, I would encourage people to go back. Uh, it's I, online somewhere. It's online. It is online. It's, it's uh, uh, 2019. I can't remember the date. <laughs> two years ago. A couple ago of years ago, uh, <laughs> but um, of Isaiah 52. But um, so, so, yeah, Paul can be very profound and 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 deep, and he, like you were saying, Mark, um, even the, even Peter, the Apostle Peter, said the things our brother Paul says are can be hard to understand. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty pretty simple. It's it's um, you know how are they going to call upon him? And of course, that was a previous sermon in all, all of that context of calling on him, whom they haven't believed. How are they going to believe if they haven't heard? Haven't been, you know? And how are you going to hear if someone doesn't tell them? And how are they going to tell them if, you know, they're not sent? And I think the ultimate sender uh, is God himself. Hmm. That, that, and I could have developed that more, but um, hmm. it was interesting how Joel McManigal put, uh, picked up on that. And he said, it's not really our love yeah. for people that's mm. doing this. This is God's love. And he's tapped them on the shoulders and, and compelled them. So God sends us, um, which ties in, I think, a little bit with chapter 9 and the sovereignty of God. It, it, God ultimately is sovereign, of, I think, of these things, and he, um, he uses us in the process. Um, I brought that out. He could use the clouds if he wanted to. He could use stones. He could use you know, animals, uh, angels, but he chooses to use people. Um, and he sovereignly puts us, I think, into positions where um, we can open our mouth um, because ultimately, I, and I brought this point out, being good news to people is great. We need to be good news before we share good news. So living our life mm. uh, uh, it, with, a, with an attractive, a compelling testimony, how we live our life. But when it's all said and done, living a good life doesn't get anybody to heaven. Mm. It's when they hear the good news of what Christ has done for them. And at some point, that good news has to be shared. And, and Paul, as he quotes Isaiah 52, how beautiful are the feet of those who, who bring that report, hmm. who, who shared that good news. Um, and um, so my kind of three applications that, just, that I brought out to kind of a quick summary was, uh, you know, so we need to connect with the unsaved. Yep. We need to be in situations where we are connected with people. And then we need to communicate clearly the, the gospel and then we have to guard our own hearts. We have to, you know, concentrate on our own personal walk with the Lord because it's out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So as we're growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. So, um, again, basic, simple. Uh, we can't impart what we don't possess. Let's walk close with the Lord. And um, out of the abundance and excitement of who He is, uh, and again, I love Joel's. I don't. I don't think he shared this Saturday night, but he did in the two services on Sunday morning, and which was recorded in one of them down in F3. 
how his little son Malachi, uh, they said they're going to go to Sweet Frogs, the ice cream place. And he got so excited. Can I go tell, you know, Micaiah, his sister? Yeah. And so it was running and telling her the good news. We get to go have ice cream at Sweet, Sweet Frogs. So Joel kind of brought that out in that illustration of their Such own life. Such a simple application. Of just, that's right. You have something that's good. You have something that's golden. That's the golden ticket to heaven here. Yeah. And yeah. how can we hide that? Yeah. It's <laughs> the know? old saying when I was growing up and in high school the, as Christians, it was, uh, uh, you know, evangelism is, is one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. Mm. Or another expression was... Um, um, yeah, uh, if you had the cure for cancer, you know, wouldn't you want to share that mm -hmm. with uh, with others who were dying? Right. So, yeah, it's the excitement of knowing Jesus and that we do have an answer. And it's and it's by the way, it's not. I I, I get upset sometimes when I see Christians, you know, good good folks, heaven bound, get more agitated or excited about the political stuff that's going on and that. You know, that it's through, you know, the election of a, maybe a good official that gets them excited about, oh, now the world's going to be saved. Like, we just get the right people in. Yep. Look, yeah. the world is going to hell in a handbasket faster than we can blink. But there is a Savior, and that's who we have to focus on. Got to share it. Well, yep. And, and yep. we've talked about God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. I mean, we are citizens of that kingdom. And so it's easy to not act like it. It's easy for that to, you know, be so far displaced. And, and Mark, I appreciate this weekend. You mentioned connecting with unbelievers and and I think for and Mark I'm sure you can speak to this as well. I mean we're we're all in ministry. We're just a couple of Joe Schmoes doing a podcast, right? But for the congregation as people do fall in love with Christ and get used to doing life alongside each other, you can get a little too, you know, in your little country club of Christians and and forget the opportunity to build those relationships and like you said be yep. the good news and then share it. Yep. I, I do have some thoughts on that, Yeah, but you mentioned something real quick in passing that, Mark, you kind of said in passing in the sermon, too. There's the sovereignty of God, which really was chapter 9, mm -hmm. and then man's responsibility, which is more here in chapter 10. Mm -hmm. And the context of Israel's responsibility of how it ends up in verse 21, all the day long I've stretched out my hands to a disobedient, obstinate people. So put, can you help put more into context this, uh, you know, the, the idea of that calling and believing and preaching and sent... How does that relate to specifically the nation of Israel, who he's talking to, that the audience of that passage, and, and their accountability, their responsibility? That's the age-old question, right? You know, election, free will. You know, where's our responsibility, and, and where's God and His elect, and then how does that fall into play? So, here I'm not, I'm not really articulating my question <laughs> well, but can you unpack a bit more that difference between chapter nine and chapter ten? and the sovereignty of God, and you, you're yeah. coming away very clear with chapter 9. We're like, oh, yes, God is sovereign. And now here we are. Israel, <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't done what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> make it very clear in a few <laughs> minutes of a podcast. Uh, um, I do have some swamp land to say. Yeah, great, <laughs> great. No, yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, Caleb, you just mentioned it, the sovereignty yeah, of God yeah, and man's yeah. responsibility. Yeah. You said yeah. in your sermon, yeah. Yeah. and, yeah. and it's, that's always, at least for me personally, in my mind, there's well, that... Difference. Yeah, where well, do we struggle? Different. With that? Okay, I, there's different uh, levels that we can discuss this at. Um, you know, and one way to look at it, you think of two wings of a plane. Uh, there is the, the 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 wing of God's sovereignty, the wing of man's responsibility, and or another way to look at it um, is um, dependence upon a sovereign God and discipline. The discipline of the of the believer to become the beautiful feet. 
and and share. How are they going to call upon him whom they've not believed? How are they going to believe if they don't hear? And how are they going to hear if they're not sent? Um, and you, God chooses people. So, so at the same time, as we are moving about um, uh, our spheres of influence at work, um, hmm. within our neighborhoods, um, we can we hear this call um, to go and make disciples, to, to go and, and spread the good news of Jesus. Uh, the fields are white unto harvest, Jesus said. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest. Send out uh, labors into the... Well, that's us. That's you and me and, 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 and in our neighborhoods and mm -hmm. in our, to our families. And mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what ultimately we're here for, not to work hard so we have a nice retirement and live our life out and pass on something to our family and die. I mean, we're here to proclaim the glories of God to a darkened world. But the two wings of the plane, one of those wings is um, this sense of, um, I hate to use the word duty, but it is a call. It, it's this, this obedience yeah. to go proclaim the good news. The other wing of the plane is God's sovereignty, and it's a dependence uh, to live dependently upon him. He's the one that ultimately opens hearts. He's the one that ultimately is going to direct our paths. He's the, he's the one who's ultimately been preparing those hearts so that when we come, he connects us. We need to look for those sovereign connections. Hmm. We need to be aware, have our radar up, and have those, is, is, do, do you want me to talk with this person? Is now the time? You know, right. but, And we don't know what God is doing in someone's heart, but we have to be prepared with um, the, the correct message of the gospel and a dependent attitude that God is sovereign it is not my role and responsibility to make that person believe. God will do that. So God is sovereign over those hmm. things. But we, it's, a, it's a, the two wings of the airplane. It's the, it's the divine dance that we do with God. Is, but he's directing hmm. our steps. Um, I, I think oftentimes we pray this, uh, do we not, for um, uh, a, a relative, a friend who might be living somewhere else. And, and what do we pray? Lord. Put in their path somebody who will be bold enough to befriend them, to open a, a, a conversation with, the, the, to share the gospel. Yep. Because sometimes family members, they don't hear us. They, right. they don't want to listen mm -hmm. to us. But, you know, Lord, put a coworker in their path. And we just pray that God will sovereignly move in people's hearts. Uh, God will do what he is ordained to do. Um, God's again not up there biting his fingernails, wondering if so and so going to you know are they going to trust me or is this going to happen? And oh, fooey! I thought they were going to trust me, or I thought they, you know, he's sovereign on these. And things. that's out of our hands. It's out of our hands. Yeah. But what is in our hands is to be obedient and to be uh, empowered by His presence. That was the third C: to concentrate on our walk with God, hmm. so that we are. Um, Willing to engage people, we, we we don't have to push a door open. We can nudge against it and let the Holy Spirit do the work. Hmm. Um, it takes all the pressure off yeah. of evangelism. It's uh, freeing. It's, it's freeing. It's encouraging to know that. Yeah. Okay. So the sovereignty of God helps free us of of that. Yep. And the dependency on our part uh, is to trust Him to empower us to accomplish that and open our mouths. Yeah. And, and be the beautiful feet. Well, and, and for the receiving end of it, you know, that's, that's, you know, if we can look back on our own conversion story, you know, there's that moment of faith and there's that moment of, yes, I'm, I'm believing what I'm hearing here and, and I'm going to put my faith and trust in Christ. And there's that kind of 
decision that that everyone's going to have to come to at some mm. point in time. Right. And well, so our job as believers is to proclaim it. The unbeliever's job is to to hear it and then let the Holy Spirit do His work yeah, in their hearts. That's that. right. We can live in response response to salvation. I think God has allowed us to participate in this, and so even as far as the application, all that stuff. I mean, we can start to to think spiritually about things that are happening to us because we can respond to them. Yeah, we have to. We always are going to respond emotionally, financially, right? All those different ways we can tackle life and handle it. But to think spiritually about what's going on. We're on that playing field now. God has yeah. called us to really think about that and analyze the options, consider the outcome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, an example of that, it's something new to me. If you're in a God-fearing marriage, the devil does, does not want you to be married. I, I'm confident the devil does not want me and Hannah to be together. I okay, see so it how sometimes. many fights have you had? <laughs> <laughs> Too many to count. No, I'm just this counseling? But, but you, you start to realize, wow, God, like, if we have this perspective and, and we're ready, biblically ready for these things, when they do come our way, these trials, these struggles, even something as minute as just a question or a frustration, we start to realize that that could be a seed we could let plant instead mm -hmm. of biblical truth, you know, that, that spiritual warfare comes into play. So, yeah. Well, I, and I like how Paul put that. Of course, he quotes, quoting Isaiah, it wasn't, mm. um, as Charles Spurgeon once said, all uh, originality and no... Um, 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 plagiarism makes for a very dull sermon. Well, Paul was kind of plagiarizing Isaiah sure. when he had this I picture of God with the outstretched mm. hands mm. all day long. I've been so as we go about and live our life and with our antenna up and and being prepared, we're we're emissaries, we're ambassadors of a God who's got outstretched hands. Mm. I mean, he we don't have to convince God. Mm. Uh, to uh, to reach this person or to it's all yeah. about his love. I yeah. mean, he he's, he's like you like you said, he's not going at you with you know. Yes, yeah. he's it's coming at you with nail pierced arms, and it's his love. So he doesn't want anyone to perish. Right, you know. And so there's that. that no, it doesn't take us off the hook either. And so again, there's that balance. Mm -hmm. so Colossians chapter four, Paul makes his point when he says in verse two to devote ourselves to prayer. But it says, keeping alert with an attitude of thanksgiving and praying at the same time for us as well that God will open up to us a door for the word so that we will speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I've also been in prison and that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Um, and it goes mm -hmm. on in verse six, let your speech always be with grace as seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond mm -hmm. to each person. So uh, there's no cavalier attitude here like, well, God is sovereign, you know, he's working in people's lives and you know, it'll it'll happen when it happens. Yeah. No, there's there is a burden. There is a sense of, hmm. Lord, help me to see the opportunities. Help me to make it clear as I ought to. And He's praying that way. He's devoting yourself to prayer. Yeah, and in First Corinthians, he's, he says the same thing, but it's just the, the humility that he comes with. First Corinthians uh, two, verse one. And I came with you, brethren. I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And that's Paul, of all people who could have the, you know, the superiority of mm -hmm. speech pride. and pride yeah. of you know, God has spoken to me. No, I'm yeah. coming to you with humility. Mm -hmm. So again, he's taking out himself out of the equation. And he's yeah. saying, this is God and the Spirit and nothing he, he persuasive that I'm giving you. He it's continually God. does that. 
in all his letters, all these different churches, especially if he's at a point of rebuking somebody else, reading through Paul's letters with the youth kids, I love to hone in on, especially, you got, I mean, I'm teaching these young kids who are hungry for the word. Sometimes it can be just to win an argument or know all the right answers. But I'm like, look at how Paul addresses people, the grace and mercy and love he offers at the front end and back end of each letter. In the middle, he calls them out on a few things, but it's out of love, it's out of humility, and it's ultimately Paul just responding to what Christ has done for him that has enabled yeah. him to do that. So that's the foundation for which we are doing all these things, I yeah. think is really cool. I, the emphasis in this passage as well is, is um, the, um, uh, you know, how shall they um, call upon whom they have not believed? How shall they believe if they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And, um, and then the beautiful feet that brings the good news of, of, of good tidings. But he asks in verse 16, or says in verse 16, however, they, they did not all heed the good news. Mm. Um, Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report, our, our message? Faith mm. comes therefore by hearing, and hearing by the, the word of Christ. And again, verse 18, they, they surely have heard, haven't they? Well, no. I mean, yes, they, they have heard. The voice has gone out. But th So the point I want to make is that there is just the report. There's, our responsibility is to make sure we share the report, that we share the, the, the proper good news. Mm. And I think a lot of times, unfortunately, we kind of maybe mess that up a little bit. Uh, sure. You know, if I've used an illustration before over the years that if you were on a, on a sinking ship, you know, a modern-day Titanic, and people knew that you were a, a follower of Jesus, but this thing's going down in five minutes. You've got five, and people are coming up to you and says, you know, we're, we're, we're going to die in five minutes. How, how do you get to heaven? You got five minutes to tell them. What are you going to tell them? You know, what, what are you going to say? And as they are thinking about it, I, now you got four minutes. Yep. You know what, <laughs> yeah. what, what, what is the, what is the essence of, of the report of the message? And again, it's incumbent upon us as, as Christ followers to make sure we share the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God on salvation that Christ died for our sins and that he rose again. There is a payment that has been paid. Uh, the free gift is offered, and, you know, put your trust mm -hmm. in Christ and Christ alone. And that's, I mean, so practical, but how many times do we really do that? You yeah. know, that's the hard-hitting question, yeah, is, it's, it's is how, are, and, you know, somebody like Joel and Rachel, they've, they've been called to, to go somewhere overseas. Well, not all of us have that that's calling, right. and if you do have that calling, you should be listening to God. Hmm. But for most of us, we're here. And we're in Winchester, and where you're in Berryville, or you're in Shenandoah County, or wherever you might be living. And are we engaging with unbelievers? We so all have a mission field. Are we yeah. putting ourselves in that position where we have relationships with those yeah. who are not saved? And then the next level is Joe and Rachel, for example, they feel called to go build relationships with people in that country where they're going. And they're going to be intentional about that. They're going to have to be purposeful to be like, I'm the build a relationship and a friendship with you because I know ultimately I want you to hear the good news. How are we doing that? Yeah. How are we building friends here? Okay, anybody can make friends. And you, you, know, you might go out to coffee with a friend and you're just talking it up. But are we being intentional to say, I'm going to go grow the relationship I have with somebody I know that is not a believer with the purpose of finding that moment yeah. to share the gospel? Boy, that is... And that intentionality. And... and, and how many of that us are so doing that? That is so convicting. I mean, look, 
I mentioned it at the beginning of my sermon, but it certainly is applicable to any pastor. I mean, the two questions that can embarrass any pastor is, you know, have you shared the gospel with someone in the, recently? And mm. the second question is, well, have you even tried? Mm. Yeah. And, you know, that that is... Uh, Scott Santmeyer, who's our pastor of local outreach on our staff, I mean, uh, Scott is, uh, in, a, in a loving way, has a way of reminding us oftentimes of... Uh, of building those relationships, he'll say, you know, we're all missionaries. So like you were yeah. just saying, we, we, we all have a mission field. And um, it just so often doesn't, isn't the first thing, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, first thing on my mind is, funny thing about Sundays, they come every seven days. I got to crank out another sermon. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, you know, you get up and you say, you know, what, Lord, you, mm. what's that passage mean? I got to get in, it, but it's, it's, mm. Uh, and that's the that's the conviction. And so for me, I mean, you guys have heard me on these podcasts before, and yes, I'm planted here at the church, but I do have a different world out in the community. And I, I, I at least feel privileged where I have that opportunity to rub shoulders with other people. And I'm in the real estate world, and I have people who work for me, and, and it's sales. I mean, we, we do sales. And, mm-hmm. and I, well, the last couple of weeks, I've been racking my brain on how to encourage my real estate agents, and how do they grow their business? How do they get more clients. So the long, short end of this story is I was able to think through this idea of how have I grown my business over the last several years, and I found myself to do it through relationships. I mean, there's all kinds of varieties of how you can advertise, but it's through relationships is how I market myself. And there's this level of a, a hot prospect, you know, somebody you have a really good relationship with, mm. a warm prospect, or a cold prospect. You know, a cold prospect is somebody who you don't know from Adam and you just might give them your card and be like, okay, see you. But a hot prospect is somebody who you'd be pretty upset if they use somebody else to go help mm. you buy or sell a house. Relational marketing. We use the word relational discipleship here a lot at church. Re- relationships. Relational how, evangelism. How are we doing relational evangelism? And in that context of finding those hot prospects, I'm putting quotes around it, those hot friends that we have that we do know that they're not believers and how are we now being intentional to say i'm going to sell you something i'm I'm selling you the good news of jesus christ yeah Yeah. and it's that concept of relationship-based evangelism that i think we can do and we can do here in winchester and we can find those leads if you want to call it that of people who are out there that we can say and think about it make a goal I'm going to do one a year. Maybe maybe it's one a month. Maybe it's one a week if you have those kind of relationships that you can say, I'm going to find those ways yeah. where I can share the gospel. I've got a great idea, too. How about if you preach this Sunday and I'll sell a house? Oh, no. <laughs> no. A switch. Yeah. Let, let's get out in the front and row. And then you can sit over here and I'll sit over there. I mentioned yeah. a couple of illustrations in the sermon as examples, um, but one, a 16-year-old girl who was in a conversation with a friend and... Um, uh, uh, have you have you gone to church? You know, do you know how to get to heaven? And uh, the guy responded and said, "Yeah, uh, I went to visit a church with a friend of mine." And the the guy up front said, uh, "You have to be good." And he was all this stuff. That's what he heard. Uh, and knowing the situation, that's for sure probably mm-hmm. what he heard. Mm-hmm. And um, so this gal explained, this sixteen year old girl explained, "Well, no, it's not a word." You know, so there was that opportunity. In one of those services, I don't think I did in all of them, I've mentioned my sister and her husband have moved recently to uh, 
in August to uh, 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 Oregon, and um, they're in a new neighborhood, uh, and there's a lot of new homes getting built, and so these are people don't know each other. It's not an old established neighborhood, hmm. and so my sister's thinking, well, how can we build relationships mm -hmm. in this community? during COVID, mm. especially, mm -hmm. and they're very concerned about that, too. Um, and so she went around, put flyers around all these different homes and baked mm. cinnamon rolls and that were um, pre put in, a, in a containers and invited neighbors to come and have a driveway a meet and greet and cool. social distance and all that stuff. And, um, you know, trust of the Lord. She didn't know who was going to come. 25 people showed up, hmm. hungry for connection, hungry yeah. for relationships. So going back to what you just said, Mark, I, I think these are times especially of great opportunity yeah. because people are wanting to get connected. They, mm -hmm. we, we just need to be intentional, yeah. be purposeful, yeah. and, and have that forethought of looking at the world through God's eyes. And and he's looking at the loss. He's looking yeah. at, at the people out there. He has that heart for them. Yeah. Instead of us going through our own busyness of, okay, there's people over here, there's people over there. I'm just going to do my own thing, and then I'll come do my God thing on Sunday morning. Yeah, you know? no. And you can't Beautiful, do that. Beautiful Feet is not going to church on Sunday morning, taking right. you to church on Sunday morning. <laughs> right. Beautiful Feet is taking the message to Beautiful outside feet, the church. It's leaving the church. It's leaving the church. Yeah. And, uh, and you don't and even going, have to say, rely on the church to do the conversion. You don't have to rely yeah. on the church. Oh, just come to church with me and then you'll get saved. Yeah. Or come to church and you'll hear more about God. No, mm -hmm. they're, they're going to hear about God through how you're living your life and what you communicate to them yeah. as a friend. It can reinforce it. And that's why most Sundays, if I'm preaching, I'd like to share the gospel because mm -hmm. you never know. Right. But that's, that's secondary. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's mm -hmm. what is being uh, done and said mm -hmm. before. And I'll... You know, let's admit, it's it's one of the most frightening things. Uh, I, I think that's maybe a satanic deception thing, but to, to share our faith or to engage people in a conversation can be some of the hardest things we do. But, um, again, we have resources here at the church. We, we have opportunities. Yep. We will help you and help each other learn how to not be frozen at the mouth like uh, the Arctic Ocean, yeah. uh, the river. You know, that's mm -hmm. a lot of Christians are frozen at the mouth. So let's let's get resourced. Let's um, learn how you can take any conversation. You can be talking about COVID. You can be talking about sports, vacation, this, whatever, and turn it into a spiritual conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, we can resource. We can do that. And uh, well, let's talk about talk it. about resources. So part of our community group last night, we meet and we talk about this, and we got into some of these same hard hitting application questions. And, and one of our uh, community group members has uh, a, a child who's a student, not a child, young adult, mm -hmm. at school at Crew, and going through and doing things with Crew. And they've created a, a website, an app called God Tools. And if you look it up, God Tools app, you can just and any of your app stores, even GodToolsApp.com. It's amazing of how they've put little pictures, little vignettes with some cool key questions and. And you can share a link with somebody if you're having a conversation with them. Go through and just page through one simple little statement at a time that simply, clearly unpacks the gospel in multiple different scenarios. And so you can just have a conversation with somebody, and on your phone, you're looking at a screen. They're looking at the same screen, and you're swiping through it, and certain information pops up talking about your need and talking about the salvation plan and talking about our response. And 
in the different contexts. And it's really neat and simple and easy to use. Yeah. And, and they've used it and it's simple. There's no excuse. Well, I mean, there's so many tools out there. Tools are out there, right? There's so many resources out there. That's just one there. example. And I mean, just, again, drawing a picture of, of the cliff and the bridge and the cross that you've shown many years, yeah, you know? Yeah. I, I, again, I think the third C, you know, connect with a lost, communicate the gospel, but concentrate on your walk with God. Because again, that really is the most important. It's out of the abundance of the heart. It's out of an excitement for our lives being touched by God um, and experiencing him. Don't you want that? For others, yeah. uh, so you know, let's let's keep reminding ourselves of the beautiful feet of yeah. our of the love for our Savior, and put ourselves at His disposal. A sovereign God will open doors. We don't have to force it. We just have Good to point. be. It's not about uh, our our great abilities, as someone once said. It's about our availability. Yep. Here I am, Lord. Okay, I'm, and we just go about our life. We don't have to stress over it. We'll worry about it. Boom! Here comes somebody in our path. Boom! Here's another yep. person. And, and it'll, it'll happen. It'll and flow. your sphere of influence is different than mine. It's different than yours, Caleb. It's different mm-hmm. to you guys watching oh and my. listening online. And so just, yeah. I'm I mean, th- I've, I'm sitting to rack my brain thinking my sphere of influence. Mine's not as big as Mark. I've, oh, been, I've wow. been trying yeah. to save John Morrison for 27 <laughs> years. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, thank you guys for being here. Thanks for unpacking this stuff. Romans, it's a lot. We're going to continue to go through it. Mark, what do we need to point people towards before we get out of here? I mean, I'll keep it simple. We're rounding the corner of winter. And coming up to spring, amen, amen. Praise and God. spring means Easter. So we're going to be looking at an Easter week of Holy Weeks, you know, kicking off with Palm Sunday, going into then a virtual um, online Good Friday experience. That you, It's an open house anytime between 12 and 3 on that day. We'll send you links of where to go, and you can watch online. And just participate at your own pace. Um, you mm-hmm. can log in for 20 minutes or two hours. It doesn't matter. But we want to find a time and a way for you to reflect on the death and crucifixion of Christ on that day. But then come Easter, we have six services that weekend. So we have Saturday night, we have five on Sunday morning, three upstairs and two downstairs with the mask required at eight o'clock. So downstairs for all you fellowship three people with me, this is new and unique having two services down there. So the service times on Sunday are eight, 9.30 and 11. And so we need some RSVPs for that also, yeah, so go online. Email will go out for safe seats. Email will go out, but even on the homepage of our website right okay. now, you'll see the link that says Easter at FBC, mm-hmm. and click on that, and you can just reserve. Um, or just letting us know because we're. It's cool to see people coming back now. And I was going to just mention that it's so good to see so many people coming back, really for the first time the last couple of weeks, yeah. and um, the conversations I've had. There's a. a, a, a a sense of excitement, you know, it's yep. like, it's been a year, we're back. And, you know, I, I'd still like to go and hug them and welcome them back. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm avoiding that, because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but it is fun to see yeah. people back. And what a celebration Easter is going to be. I mean, oh, it, it's going to be neat. Yeah, yeah, we were all at home. It was crazy. All at home for Easter. And and so here <laughs> we're going to be in person, thankfully, hopefully, Lord willing. Um, and we do have capacity issues still, you know, with the, the seating capacities and seating charts. So that's, again, why we just want to have you let us know when you're going to be able to come mm-hmm. and the more the merrier let's uh <laughs> let's bring a friend but prep them in advance and let's share the gospel yeah. out there awesome well thank you guys as a uh, reminder to our listeners and viewers if you are have any podcast platform out there that you like to listen to us uh you just type in sermon spotlight we pop right up you can subscribe to us that way we come to you i know we've had a lot of people that that google and try to find us each week to listen to the new episode 
if you subscribe on a podcast platform, we'll come right to you. Uh, video goes up on YouTube and all that good stuff. Any questions, feedback, definitely check the, the website, fbcva.life forward slash Sermon Spotlight for us. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless.